Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. I'm Kat Palavota, a local fat feminist here for your plus size fits, small business tips, and all the things that can happen in just one year. I'm joined by my co-host, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya, a multiracial millennial living and working in Minneapolis. I am fat and beautiful because they're not mutually exclusive, Mm -hmm. and we're excited to present Matter of Fat. We're here to talk about the politics of fat bodies here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the greater Midwest. Welcome to episode five. We're back into the groove with full episodes, but before we get into it, we have to find out what's happening in the the fat fat dish. dish. The fat dish is like that one work potluck where everyone just brings a boatload of dip. Yeah. You might think this metaphor is a little bit outlandish. (laughs) However, both of us have distinct dip stories. Kat? (laughs) Yes. So when I was working at the University of New Orleans, um, a tradition was started at the end of the semester uh, to kind of commemorate like student workers who are leaving and any of the professional staff folks who are moving on to other jobs. There was a dipping out potluck. Which was a potluck of exclusively dips and things to be dipped in dips. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> good, good. Um, and there was, it was like a competition as well. So we got to vote for best savory dip, best sweet dip, and best overall dip. It was delicious. Okay, but my dip story is like not as fun as your dip. Your dip story is pretty epic. You're really ramping it up there. Um, so within the first month of working at my current job, I was delegated the task of organizing the team potluck, which Naturally. I didn't put that on my resident resume. Like I don't know how they knew. They that just that. knew. You have. A, I can plan potlucks. Talent. <laughs> um, and so it was a dip potluck of yes. all things, and we didn't have any categories. There weren't any winners. I think everybody was a winner because your girl was in charge of decorating as well as planning and uh, (laughs) the decorations included 8 by 11 printouts of famous people and their quotes and you might be like Soraya how does that pertain to a dip potluck well let me tell you I changed choice words in those quotes to the word dip so for example imagine picture of Steve Jobs (laughs) the quote next to it My favorite things in life don't cost money. It's really clear that the most precious resource we all have is dip. (laughs) Or, in case that didn't do it for you, um, my co-worker still has this in their cube. Um, It's a radiant picture of Oprah. And the original quote is, if there is no struggle, there is no strength. But, you know, for the purposes of our dip potluck, if there is no dip, there is no dip. (laughs) (laughs) And if that ain't something, I don't know what it is. So, yes, the fat dish is like that, um, but instead of delicious dips and repurposed quotes, we're bringing you a tasty smorgasbord of local events and personal newsworthy dish with a lens on body size, body positivity, and fat liberation. That's right. We talk about all things rad happening in our fat Midwestern lives. Kat, what's up in your fat Midwestern life? Lots of things. Um, Are you familiar with Pollen Midwest? I haven't been able to participate in any of their events, but that's how I found out about my grad coaches with Achieve Minneapolis gig, volunteering gig. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so for those of you who don't know, Pollen is a local nonprofit that invests in human connection to fuel momentum for social change. And one of the ways they foster these connections is through events. And I've been going to a lot of their events lately. Like I was at one a couple weeks ago, and I'm about to go to one uh, next week. And the, I, I like them because, like, it seems like the topics pertain to my personal and professional mm-hmm. life. Um, but something that's really unique that I like about them that I want to share is that it really feels like they take feedback to heart. Mm. You know, like, after a session, you'll get an email and you can, like, 
you know, weigh in about how you survey, felt about survey, yeah, survey, survey, survey. You know, and I love, I love, <laughs> I love a good survey. I love evaluation. Um, but I went to one of their day long um, conferences in the spring, and on the survey, I shared a lot of feedback. Most of it was awesome because it was awesome. But there were a few ways that they weren't really like prioritizing fat bodies in ways that I thought were important. Mm-hmm. And so I mentioned that. Uh, and a couple other people must have as well because like they do a report back and they talked about how they missed it. They're wow. like, we missed this. So sorry. Here's how we're going to do better in the future. And they have. It's really cool. Transparency. Right? Oh, my it's gosh. awesome. It's so awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's I went to a thing and I'm going to a thing and wanted to share that cool um, feedback piece. Other than that, um, oh, I saw Nicole Byer when she was Ooh-wee. here. you. <laughs> um, and then the other day I was on a panel um, during Twin City Startup Week. It was about diversity in podcasting cool. put on by Matriarch Digital Media. So that was great. And I guess maybe the biggest thing is that this month my shop is one year old. So we've been in our brick and mortar space for a year and it feels pretty cool. Yay. Yeah. Happy birthday cake. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so tell me what's new with you. Yeah, so I recently got back from a trip to Colorado. I had never been there before, but was fortunate enough to go with my family. So it was oh, a really fun fam. adventure. Yeah, I love my family. Um, and that was really lovely. We saw moose and elk and got to go to a Nolan's jazz show at Red yeah. Rocks Amphitheater, which was awesome. Um, last night, I actually got to see Ruby Core perform. I don't know if everybody knows who that is. She's a poet. She's from Canada, Toronto specifically. But she's released two books, Milk and Honey, and then The um, Sun and Her Flowers. And so it was just really cool to hear her, um, her words. She just sculpts them into these amazing stories about the immigrant experience and breakups and sexual liberation and what it's like being in your 20s and carrying all the pressure of your future on your back so you know just 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 girly things yeah (laughs) that sounds great though it was really fun and that also just is giving me a lot of life like it's kind of dreary out it's Mm -hmm. october now but um another thing that's been giving me a lot of life was i don't know if if anybody on this podcast uh knows but it was cake's first year birthday (laughs) and um (laughs) All the amazing things that were happening to celebrate that, I actually got to partake in a panel that was talking about uh, body positivity and fat liberation. And it was such an honor to be included in that. And I was just really thankful for the group of people that were not only on the panel, I met some really lovely, awesome folks, um, but then all the people who showed up to partake and listen and ask really interesting questions. Um, You know, I haven't been to a lot of panels. I've, I've listen to a lot of panels. I haven't been to a lot where people could talk about uh, systematic oppression right from the jump like that. So here's to the Twin Cities community. Um, The moderator or the facilitator, Amber Carnes, was lovely. And they were talking about how um, the Twin Cities just seems ready to have that conversation in a way that they don't see a lot of the time in other places. So. I'm so glad you're part of that. Mm-hmm. It was a really, it was really a great panel and a really fun way to end the Shops B Day weekend. It was, it was awesome. really cool. So yeah, way to go, community. Yeah. But um, that's enough about us. Oh yeah. Okay. So other factish items. 
We've been teasing this for a minute, um, but we want to share that the Big Fat Super Swap is happening. So as you're listening, it's happening this Saturday. It's all happening. October 20th. Oh, actually, everything that we're about to share is happening <laughs> uh, on Saturday. Um, and uh, additional teaser, we're going to go into the Big Fat Super Swap a little bit more in our interview. For those of you who haven't caught it so far, the Big Fat Super Swap is an all-gender clothing swap sizes 2XL and above. There also now is an in-between swap for sizes large and extra large. It happens the weekend before. Uh, you should follow, or the best way to get info about the Big Fat Super Swap is to follow them on Facebook and to join the events so you can get updates about the events. Uh, but the one on Saturday, October 20th, is happening at the Nokomis Community Center in the afternoon and I'll see you there. Mm-hmm. We'll see you there. Also on the 20th, starting at 10 a.m., the local chapter of Fat Girls Hiking has an outing at Elm Creek Park Reserve. You can find them on Facebook, Eventbrite, our show notes. Um, and fun fact, people of all sizes and genders are welcome to enjoy this wonderful outdoor activity. If at first you don't succeed, oh dip, dip again. No. <laughs> you must do the dip you think you cannot do. Eleanor Roosevelt. No, she didn't say that, but... This fat dish was a great amuse-bouche to our fabulous interview. Yeah, <laughs> And I did say that. We are really excited to share our conversation with Andy Kuhlman. They're a local fat badass who's thoughtful, super smart, and hilarious. It was such a joy to speak with them. They are so engaging and thoughtful and funny, and we could honestly chat with them forever. For real. In fact, we almost did. <laughs> this is our longest interview yet, and we can't wait to share it with you. Andy, it's so great to have you here in the studio. It's great to be here. Thanks. Thank you. So first of all, we want to ask you what we ask everyone. Mm -hmm. Tell us who you are as a matter of fact. Ooh, okay. Uh, well, uh, I'll just give you a basic intro. My name is Andy Kuhlman. I'm 38 years old. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. I'm super fat uh, and super fat. And uh, I'm uh, white and I'm a non-binary trans person. Um, my, I, I'll talk about my fat activism, I guess. I, I feel like I tried to sort of think about a timeline. I think my fat activism started about, I don't know, like roughly 15 years ago, mm -hmm. probably. Um, and it started for me with like a, a pretty classic, icky sort of medical discrimination episode with a doctor who just decided like that I had hit some threshold that she had internally where all of a sudden she was going to start mm. treating me like trash. And I had never encountered that before. I didn't realize that was a thing mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. sometimes doctors are mean to you if you're fat. So it was my first experience with that. And then soon after I had, uh, I'd switched jobs and this is before the affordable care act. So I, uh, you know, they could still deny you insurance for pre-existing conditions. I'm doing scare quotes with my fingers yeah. right now, like having a BMI that was higher than what they wanted it to be. So I was denied health insurance because of Ooh. my BMI. And that was another wake up for me. I didn't realize that was a thing. Mm -hmm. So this was in, you know, early adulthood where all of a sudden I was encountering these things that I didn't realize were out there. And I had spent my adolescence doing Weight Watchers like you do mm. sometimes in the Midwest <laughs> and around the globe probably yeah. at this point. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't kept track of, of Weight Watchers and, and how they're flourishing as a corporation. Oof, so oof. we parted ways a while ago. Yeah. I just haven't kept up. I haven't stayed I in touch. Um, so, you know, I, I had spent my adolescence and early adulthood thinking, you know, like a lot of people that like there was something wrong with my body. And then all of a sudden I was hitting these things in the world where it was undeniable. It was like, it is not my body. There is something 
not right about the way society treats me in yeah. this body and treats everyone in these bodies. And so that was that was sort of my catalyzing thing where I was like, wait a minute, if this is wrong, lots of things could be wrong, you know, which is like a really white narrative of like, hey, a second, I think maybe people are treated right in this world, which is like, you know, embarrassing. But um, but real, like, but real, but yeah. real. So you know that was once I started experiencing firsthand oppression in my own body. That was when I started kind of waking up as a person a little bit, and as someone who wanted to do advocacy around you know body positivity in a general sense, but of course also in the context of fat liberation. And um, I worked for a long time uh, doing sex education here in the Twin Cities. And now I'm working in clinic administration at Family Tree Clinic in St. Paul, uh, which yeah, is a sexual and reproductive health clinic. Yeah, it's a really, really amazing place to work. I manage the front desk there. And so I get to uh, I'm, I'm in charge of making sure that our patient intake works. And so that's a way that I sort of try to act out my fat activism in my professional life every day so it's important work it's good that it's like yeah it's very good that you're there in that space and are able to be to be making moves in those ways yeah and it's a really fantastic it's a really fantastic clinic for so many reasons but also i mean i've never witnessed any kind of fat discrimination there like i think there are i I don't actually know how many of our providers identify overtly as like a health at every size provider but i know that that philosophy is in place at that clinic so it's really exciting to be a part of it that is that is awesome and yeah it's rad as heck not uh the norm by any means right nope no nope Uh uh-uh so, so yeah, I, because that's my that's my professional life. Like yeah. that's a part that's a big part of like my awareness of of fat liberation right now is within medical spaces and and within also just because I because I sit in a in a waiting room behind a counter all the time. Like just in in places where people sit. <laughs> like I feel like I'm like is there a term for that? Like I I want to be an activist for places where there are lots of chairs <laughs> for chair spaces, like, right? Yeah. Just just seated zones. Yeah. I guess I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of that's me. Cool. Well, we're so glad you're here. Thank you. Um, and we want to know about the Big Fat Super Swap. So you oh, co-founded yeah. the Big Fat Super Swap, which you so graciously passed on to others uh, to work on. Um, yes. Yeah. And you graciously received it. Yeah. I, uh, I I can talk about the Big Fat Super Swap. Please. I would love to. So uh, Angela Callis and I um, co-founded the Big Fat Super Swap. We were working together doing sex education and um, just, you know, complaining to each other like yeah. you do yeah. <laughs> about, clothes. about clothes and, you know, like inaccessibility of clothes that we liked. And then, you know, when you're short on cash and your friends have a clothing swap and you're super pumped unless you're super fat and then you're like this is gonna be a debacle Maybe it'll be on a the hat scale that I could wear a, <laughs> a, a handbag of sorts I know <laughs> right well and then also like also like me like I'm non-binary I'm yeah. trans I'm sort of masculine of center in a sort of neutral ambiguous glowing space cloud from Star Trek kind of way that's like <laughs> sort of how I describe my gender and so Perfection. I don't you know like I have a really large curvy body and I don't wear clothing like I'm not comfortable in clothing that a lot that that's made for large curvy bodies. And yeah. so like when I go shopping, when I go to a clothing swap, it's it is even more. It's not even like where is it? Ooh, what a what a nice belt or like what a nice bag. It's like, did you guys 
did people are people swapping lotion <laughs> or <laughs> plates? Like, is this one of those swaps where people bring like lamps and stuff? Like, it's just a this is a, a, a trash fire. So oh, yeah. Like, so and it's weird. Like talking about it, I haven't talked about clothing swaps with anybody since, except for the big fat super swap. Like since before that, and it's been yeah. years now. So I'm like remembering that. I'm like, oh, what, what the what hell world was that where that was clothing swaps because it's just not been a part of my life for a while Mm -hmm. Angela and I had a lot of the complaints that I'm sure will make sense to a lot of your listeners you know like you get invited to a clothing swap and you're either the only fat person there or it's you and your fat friend who are the only two fat people in whatever social circle the clothing swap Mm -hmm. is built around so you end up trading the same shirt back and forth over the years and being like it's your turn now it's it's I've we've had good times me and this I mean, I'm thinking of a specific T-shirt, by the way, right now <laughs> that had roses. Well, I will describe yeah. it. It was gray. I bought it at a weird store in Chicago one time. It had a skull on it surrounded by roses. And I traded <laughs> it back and forth with my friend Lauren Anderson about, <laughs> oh, I don't know, maybe three times, maybe only three times. It wasn't like that big of a deal. But yeah. So it's like, you know, if, if hopefully your style matches up with the one other fat person who's yeah. there and you're the same size. And then, you know, we had both been invited to these swaps and, you know, you, you ask as, as a fat person you're like hey who else did you invite what sizes will be available there and if it's you know if it's like a thinner person who maybe doesn't have that like literacy or you know like skill or or ability to talk about body size they're gonna be like oh I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that will fit you you know or you know like worse yet the nightmare of like you're not fat you know like (laughs) I don't know that I like have any people in my social circles anymore at this point in my life who who have that kind of context for fatness but I remember it being that way and and you know coming to a swap like that and then feeling sort of betrayed (laughs) and just being like well guess guess I my body didn't even make any sort of cognitive sense to this person like you know so all of those painful experiences and just Mm -hmm. being like done just being done with that and so Angela and I talked a lot about how like wouldn't it be great if we did this swap wouldn't it be great if wouldn't it be great if and we came up with like a dream list of like okay so we want to make sure that we pay attention to who we're inviting or who we're welcoming to this space and try to like have some a variety of clothing like based on who we're inviting or who we're who we're including in this project idea we want to also not have the clothes that fit us be the biggest clothes there yeah you know I mean someone's clothes are going to be the biggest clothes there that's just how that works because of you know so yeah we decided that we wanted the swap to um start at size 20 it was hard to come up with a cutoff that made sense so we were just like well let's start with the two with the with the first digits of two like let's just start with 20 because Mm -hmm. you know there's there are a lot of different definitions of what plus means and we were just like okay we get to pick it's our project we're picking 20 because smaller than that is often more available obviously it changes depending on what environment you're in but 20 is where it starts to get tricky in a lot of retail spaces Mm -hmm. and definitely in a lot of swappy resale kind of spaces and we just kind of went from there. We also decided that we wanted it to be as physically accessible as possible. Yep. We wanted it to be financially accessible. So yeah. we weren't going to, uh, when we started, we weren't charging anything. And then we realized we wanted to improve the project and like make it a better 
shopping and browsing environment and to do that we needed money so we asked for donations so that we could have things like nice racks because we were also really tired of the like the mound of clothing thing that happens at swaps digging through right because like as fat people like how freaking tired are you of like I'm doing the thing with my hand where you're like going through the rack trying to find the The one one thing thing that's gonna be your size behind everything else because of course in retail environments the biggest sizes are in the back yep or like when places will, um, in a swap environment or mm-hmm. in a resale environment, when things will be color-coded but not sized, that oh, yeah. is my <laughs> nightmare. Because it's like, okay, I think in this whole rack there's probably two things. Mm-hmm. Um, so am I really going to go through this 137 items to find those two things that fit me? You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, oh, right, right. How right. demoralizing. Oh, that's super. Yeah, and then and like my personal experience too, I'm like, there's going to be five things that are my size. Because I wear, uh, I don't even know anymore because I just like, I just touch things and hold them up to me at this point. I just (laughs) exist in a dimension beyond numbers, which is, which is what feels good. But like, I wear stuff that is larger than what like Lane Bryant will carry or what Target will carry. And so, yeah. Have you heard Ash from the Fat Lip? talk about infinifat oh yes 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 yes. yes. thank you for reminding me i love it do you find that to be a cool way to describe that yeah i've heard i've heard ash talk about that and i've I've seen that hashtag on instagram and i do really like that because it's that's how i feel i feel like at this point like size numbers are just like a hot joke like Mm. i'm just like whatever whatever you think it is i at the same time you know when you have difficulty finding clothes that will fit your body, you have to become a student. You have to become a scholar of like every <laughs> brand and every and, retail yep, space yep. and like how the arms are shaped. And like, you know, like I know, like, like I, I was going to suggest to you that perhaps as part of your podcast, I don't know how much you want to focus on clothing. Um, I don't know if you're interested in clothing or not cat, but um, <laughs> well, you know, if you <laughs> like, I've always sort of fantasized about this like thing where people fire like brand names of plus size brands at me and then I just like tell you what I think you've seen me I'm obsessed <laughs> when we when this. we sort through <laughs> piles before the swap I'm like mm, Worthington woman hello nice to see you my lady like I just love the names of brands and I know like Ava and Viv oh, you well, ladies with your tight upper arms I don't know how I feel about you and your, fav- your favorite is the torrid skulls oh right skull watch oh my god that's the whole that's the riddle that's the chicken and the egg of my style like I figured you were probably gonna ask me something about what I like to wear and I was just like I don't know what I like to wear what I mean Mm -hmm. legally the parts of my body I have to cover up so I can go to work like I like those garments that do that like I have no clue sometimes I sometimes I think about like what would I wear if I could go into more than one store or more than two websites like what would I wear on my legs if I didn't wear one of two things oh I have three things there's a there's a pair of ASOS black leggings that I sort of mass purchase whenever it's available Mm -hmm. and right now I'm wearing item two which is a Juno active cropped gaucho or I can't remember what it's called it's just it's like black shorts with no pockets it's the (laughs) leggings but shorter and then there was a pair of wide leg stretch jeans from woman within Classy. which i don't know if you've ever have you, either of you ever Not ordered familiar. from them i'm quite they, familiar yeah i mean they they have larger sizes i depend on them for a lot of stuff and it's like so not in my style wheelhouse it is for other people and high fives well and they have good all the basics. way home and they yeah. have just they go up to like i think maybe size 38 or something like they're really oh yeah they go they go um 
and, and fortunately, like many folks who need larger sizes, that's like mm-hmm. one of the very, very few places. Right, right, right. Yeah, tell me about it. one of your three pants places, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and, and then it's really fun as a non-binary identified oh, trans yeah. person to get stuff in the mail from them. Woman Within. It comes in a Pepto-Bismol pink envelope mm-hmm. that says Woman Within on it, and all of the studs and snaps have a little W and a heart on them. <laughs> just like heart. Torrid has hearts on all of yes. their So it's just like, I guess that's my style now. Oof. Everybody, thanks, America. Like, that's yeah. what we're doing. So I had that pair of jeans that I was wearing for a while, but you know, that was the, I, I don't need to go into all the details. Everybody who's, everybody who has clothing availability challenges knows all the challenges of like, but then this doesn't fit or this doesn't work or blah, 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 you know? I do think it is important to note that Mm -hmm. the larger size you're looking for, the more difficult it is. And I think sometimes people forget that, right? Because we're just human and we think our experience is everyone's experience. But, you know, if you are someone who wears a size 2X, you might have difficulty finding clothes in lots of stores, but you still have quite a few stores where you can find things. And as you get higher up the food chain, or I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but like as you... you, Higher up the the the, the, the size the escalator, <laughs> right? I, I like that know. much better. Right, I was um, excited closer that. closer to the to closer to outer space. <laughs> the closer know. to outer space you get, right. um, the more difficult it is. And I uh, and and I also think it's wild to note that like some people who don't um ex- have to look for clothes in plus sizes at mm-hmm. all, just like legit don't know that like yes you know, they just like they don't they just it's not something you've ever had to encounter and so right i think you might be like this and i'm like this i, I often remind people like mm-hmm. oh it, it's great when someone's like have you heard of torrid <laughs> um so there's that's 10 that, total that's that that's that halloween store that pops up once a year right is that like in an old abandoned blockbuster video and then it turns into torrid every you know september right. october <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. So it's so wild when someone who doesn't have any experience with plus sizes right. tries to make a recommendation, and it's like, okay, you, I you know. It's it's no like if you idea. have chronic illness, and people are like, "Have you tried yoga?" Yes, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Have you tried drinking water and sleeping? <laughs> um, the yeah, that's such a good point. the The thing that I like to show people to really like illuminate some of the weird like sort of uh, counterintuitive is like not a good enough word. Just sort of like mind blowing mind mind shutting down like Mm -hmm. sometimes you look at stuff and it's like so weird it makes so little sense that I feel like I'm just like like I just have to shut down for a second and then just power back up (laughs) and showing thin people the woman within website is one of those things because when you see the photos of the models and they're maybe a size 10 Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. a size 10 I don't know I I have a hard time judging what like once people are like size 20 or larger I'm like I bet I could say if you want advice and suggestions I could tell you exactly what brand might work well for you if you care about that stuff but when people have smaller bodies I'm like I don't know what are those are are they letter sizes I don't know how does (laughs) it's like European shoe sizes like I've lost the skill to be able to comprehend that unfortunately but I'll show people those photos and they're like are you kidding me and I'm like yeah no you have no clue how this clothing will look on your body because no. it it's as though like I try to compare it to like what if you a thin adult were shopping for clothing and they only showed you photos of the clothing on children or trees or or fat people <laughs> right like what if yeah. it was all just fat versions on fat people and it was like good luck jerks like yeah. good luck yes order a bunch Return who knows them what all. it's gonna look like I always look at that stuff and every once in a while if it's like late at night I'm sleepy or something I'll forget and I'll be like oh I love baggy clothes this is gonna be so great look at all these like like drapey pants and then I'm like oh no that's because these are gonna fit like jeggings on the yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's surreal it's like some kind of weird absurdist like photo installation art 
thing that you just get to enjoy. But I show that to people and that reminds them a lot. Yeah. Because they just they don't. They wouldn't have any concept They're just of like, oh, so you don't actually get to see. F- I mean, that's changing. No. There are a lot of great websites where they are using but yeah, larger a, models. But like a size but 16 like, model or a size 20 model, you know? Right. And like, especially on this on this website where they're going up to like 6X, 7X. And yeah. it's just like, guess, I, guess I'll find out when the winter coat gets here. How yeah. It's, how it's going to look. Yeah. So, yeah. And you have to have like flexible income to be able to order stuff and return it order in multiple sizes and return and it's just yeah. not financially accessible for so many people people often refer to that as the fat tax right like <laughs> yeah. the extra money we have to pay right that you have, have access to have a, just regular old stuff you have to have a credit card that you can put stuff on and then know it'll get refunded mm-hmm. but you have to wait and have that have that like flexibility in your budget available it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. on top of the emotional piece of that too right oh, yeah. because like you're going through trying to understand what that'll look like for you how disappointing it's going to be when you get it and it mm-hmm. doesn't fit and then going through that whole process of returning it too. Like, I yeah, just try to like I try to imagine that I'm living in sort of like I don't know I like like the early 1800s. I don't know when was the Sears Roebuck catalog <laughs> like a thing where you could, you know where you could like order your yeah. entire yeah. house right, and it right. would be sent to you like some some you know like obviously hugely problematic horrible like settler sort of thing where I'm mm-hmm. like trying to have a homestead in Montana or something and like I order like like a gingham dress and some whatever like some. What, I don't know, like a new rake, <laughs> and then and it shows up, and the rakes like just weird and like not what I ordered, and I'm like, it's okay, you know what? It's gonna be all right because I'll just go back to bed <laughs> if the shirt doesn't fit. Well, and that's that, how I cope with it. But that also lines with what you said a little bit ago about having to kind of just be a scholar about all the brands, all the right? sizes, all this, because that's the only way you can avoid um, having complete complete disappointment when stuff arrives yeah it takes, right? a, it takes a lot of energy and yeah. a lot of um it takes resources it takes time energy emotional patience yeah. and like you have to be you know you have to be invested you yeah. have to actually care so yeah. like it's weird to have like such a like adversarial combative sort of painful relationship with clothing and at the same time really enjoy style and fashion you know and like wanna be like I don't know. I don't really relate to fashion, but I like for me, I have a relationship with clothing and I have a relationship with my own style, which I try to build in this kind of weird, challenged MacGyver-esque kind of way based on like single pieces that are available. I'm wearing this hilarious, beloved 90s vacation dad shirt today that I got at Cake Plus Ice Resale and and also this tank top that I got at Big Fat Super Swap. When I find like one thing, then I'm like, okay, now I know what to do. It'll be centered around this shirt that touches my heart and that actually fits and is comfortable and I like wearing all the time now I just have to find things that go with that and like you know I think we just have to sort of try to figure out what what kind of clothing projects are accessible to us in the moment in our lives yeah well your outfit today looks really cool thanks very much you're welcome thank you we talked about the big fat super stuff and then we kind of moved a little bit yeah but I want to go back to it for a minute just yeah. so like you it went on for several years with you and Angela yeah we did it. it for a number of years we we used to do it out of uh, a friend's yoga studio out of the embodied health yoga studio in St. Paul um, that Lucinda Pepper used to run mm-hmm. and then we moved it to another yoga studio in South Minneapolis and it was always a challenge to find a space yeah. that was physically accessible and where there was just enough room yeah and we would do it you know I think we we would do them seasonally for I, I don't remember how many we did 
but it was always a joy to see we were always worried we wouldn't get enough clothes and like is this a thing people need and then we would just get this absurd amount of clothes but we used to go pick up clothing from people I remember that we would I would be like okay this is the week and like go just hop in my CRV and go to various inner ring and outer ring suburbs and just find people who had a bunch of clothing that they just hadn't returned or that yeah. wasn't the right size anymore and like load it all into our cars and bring it back and then we would make the traditional mountain of garbage bags and then jump and lay on it and yeah. just, <laughs> just sort of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah just sort of feel it with your whole body it's really fun it's like jumping into a pile of leaves except it smells like other people's detergent it's great uh, and then you looped me in a couple years yeah was, was that a couple years ago At I don't even know what ago. is time what yeah is time it it's w- been a couple years yeah right? and then I helped with that last one that y'all did and then the shop yeah. kind of like me sort of in the shop sort of took it on yes you like so graciously gave it over and then now I found other wonderful people mm-hmm. who I mean the shop it, we collect donations all the time and yeah. we help facilitate a lot of the stuff but it's really kind of this really wonderful core circle of volunteers who plan it and not just me um, it's, it's really, really it's growing I think it's, it's so nice. excited well I told you when Angela and I both started grad school or I had plans to start grad yeah. school and she had started and we were just like guess what this has grown in a way that's exciting and that it should be growing and it's too big this this baby got too big it's but we're not gonna it's it's like we adopted a baby alligator and got really big (laughs) but it's a magnificent beast we don't want to get rid of it here take this beautiful alligator so it was a lot of work and it's always dependent on like a ton of volunteers people's partners and like hauling bags of clothing Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know people giving us affordable rates on you know space to do it and I was so happy when you took it over because I've told you this before like the level of like collaboration and like we had long discussions because I was like this has to say it has to say size 20 and up it has to stay gender accessible and like it can't it can't turn into like all these and I have like this list of like it can't be this it can't be that I'll give you this all as long feelings. as we stay right, true right, to right. these and you were like yeah. of course yeah. are you are you kidding like yeah. of course it's gonna be like good one of the things when we started doing the swap that we wanted to really engage with was that pervasive scarcity yeah feeling around clothing and just like just the scarcity that it's not it's not just clothing though it's around like space that you're allowed to take up physically mm-hmm. space that you're allowed to take up emotionally and just like having spaces where your identity is recognized acknowledged like even centered dare mm-hmm. I say mm-hmm. and so we were like we're going to make this space and we know that when people come into it sometimes it's going to be really stressful because we all have these experiences in shopping environments and just looking for clothes where we're all still kind of desperate on yeah. some level you know yeah on one level or another and I feel like whenever I stop by the store I'm like <laughs> did you know that I was going to do an advertisement for your store by the yeah, way I, did I didn't tell you this ahead of time but I'm doing it um <laughs> <laughs> like that's not that's not part of the experience there's yeah. there's an there's always enough there's always enough and I just you know? I want to I hope we through my shop and the swap and just other things that we're working on can help you know make people feel like there is enough and everyone can get what they need and yeah it's like take not away, chip away at that scarcity mentality that we yeah. that's been ingrained into us well, and I have like a really unique like I, I have a pretty specific bracket of clo- bracket of clothing that I'm comfortable wearing every yeah. day where I feel like it fits into the intersection of like my gender identity and how I'm perceived and like how my body gets read based on like all the different style choices I make and like the fact that I'm super curvy but I don't really identify as very feminine so it's it's pretty it's a pretty specific special item of clothing that I will be willing to purchase and so a lot of times I don't find that anywhere in the world but when I come to your store even if it's not there I don't feel bad because I'm like look at all this other stuff (laughs) like and none of it is sad and weird (laughs) only a couple skulls none of it is (laughs) one that's 
I'm, I'm like such a smart ass about it. I'm sorry. Every time I see a skull, I just like hold it up wordlessly and like show it to you from across the store. And you're like, I'm well aware. I'm well, and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just telling just, you, yep, you're I, lagging way behind Torrid. I'm only seeing two skulls in here. Wow. And how many square feet? on my website and see how many skulls come up in the search engine. I will engine. do just, it. You won't find it. Just any. tag everything skull so it all comes skull, up skull, as skull. skull. <laughs> just tag it all skull watch. Hashtag good. skull watch. Oh, jeez. I love it. Okay, Andy, you are just so funny. Shut up. How did you, like, <laughs> talk to us about your comedic sensibilities? Like, where do they come from? Ah, jeez. Well, I'm, I mean, like, I used to do comedy for a profession um, for, for, like, a, a, over a decade. Like, I used to, not like, not like stand up. Not I'm like I was at you like, like, what? I didn't know. Did you seriously you? not know I that? I did not know. Oh, that's so you? cute. So, that's so cool. <laughs> no. So, well, I, you know, I was a theater kid as a, as a, as a pre adolescent <laughs> and, and as a youth. And, um, I was a big theater nerd and I, I went to the University of Minnesota intending to study theater and then I realized pretty quickly like oh I actually feel quite bad about my body at this stage in my mm. life and I'm not comfortable being on stage these auditions are wreaking havoc on my mental health because I was still you know like at that point I was still going to Weight Watchers and mm. like really you know I just didn't have I, I hadn't had the opportunities yet to cultivate the sense of um, self-assuredness that I think w- would have been what I needed mm-hmm. to, to work in in theater at the time but that was still a big part of my personality and yeah. I ended up I ended up majoring in studies in gender culture and film which is mm. which involves you know in the late 90s early 2000s just involves running a lot of VHS movies <laughs> and writing papers about them and That's watching amazing. watching movies in the dark it's pretty sweet <laughs> and but but I from the time I was a like a, a teenager I grew up in Madison Wisconsin mm-hmm. which is uh, comedy sports started in Milwaukee and then they had it in Madison as well Ooh. and I grew up watching comedy sports and that's kind of all I wanted to be when I grew up was like a comedy sports actelite. That's actor plus athlete. Whoa. It means actelite, you guys. So when I graduated from college, I was like, guess I don't know what my life is now. You know, like a lot of people who finish their undergraduate degree and they're like, I, I have no structure. I'm spinning into space. So I I started working for comedy sports then. And then that began sort of a, a, a pathway to doing more improv and and I ended up working for a number of years doing scenic improv with a group called Splendid Things and um yeah I, you didn't I knew this none podcast of this, is, none of this. is is like a, a way for friends to connect cat yeah. <laughs> oh. so yeah so I used to do improv for years and years and cool. it's it's been a while yeah do you do anything now uh or no recently? it's no it's been quite a while actually since since I did stage stuff um the and that's an interesting story. I mean, the Minneapolis has a fantastic improv scene, and I like I'm I'm saying that as someone who did improv for a long time and really dislikes about ninety eight percent of improv. <laughs> like honestly, like it's it's a rough, it's a rough art form because so much of it is 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 people learning to do it. Uh, the yeah. majority of it is people learning to do it, and it's it's so difficult and it's so beautiful and you have to really be open to like just failing so much of the time to to be to do entertaining work like that sounds awful but like it's just a really rough art form because Mm -hmm. it's improv you know it's like it's just hard it's just really hard art and and so when I say that we have a really amazing improv scene what I mean is that the environment for learning how to do improv is like beautiful and rich and like 
so abundant that there's so many opportunities to learn how to do it and there's people in this town who've been doing it for a really long time Mm -hmm. really freaking well Mm -hmm. so like if you start going to watch improv it'll you know you've got to figure out the landscape of what's out there but there are some shows in this town that are amazing and some really talented people doing improv and sketch so like and like I mentioned my friend Lauren Anderson yeah, earlier Lauren. Lauren Anderson is phenomenal and works at the Brave New Workshop there's a lot of really 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 talented people doing that that work in town it's been a while since I did any of it I I've spent like the last decade like getting more and more comfortable with my identity as a transgender person mm-hmm. and as someone who identifies as non-binary which means you know I don't transgender me hi everyone it's time for trans 101 (laughs) with me your host so uh transgender means that your uh your gender identity doesn't match the sex that you were assigned at birth and then the gender that was assigned on top of that sex and cisgender means that your gender identity does match the sex and gender that you were assigned at birth and i'm a non-binary trans person which means i was assigned female at birth and i don't identify as female i also don't identify as male deal with it (laughs) So, so I, that's, that's what I, the, the glowing Star Trek space cloud that I was referring to earlier. So, um, so yeah, so I've spent like the last decade, like really getting super, super dang comfy with Mm -hmm. my gender identity. And a lot of the time I was working in improv, I really wasn't in touch with that part of myself. And, and then some of the time I was, and let me tell you, being, uh, working in an art form that's based on a shared understanding and consensus of everyone's sense of themselves and sense of the world can be really tricky when you're like reevaluating your entire uh-huh. gender identity and sense of gender in the world. Mm-hmm. So this is a community uh, in the Twin Cities that I have found to be like really accepting and awesome. And at the same time, it's really it, there's you know what, actually, I, I'm not going to say that it's like super, super cisgender because I know that there's uh, there's a. A lot of stuff has happened since I've left the community that's really exciting. There's an organization mm-hmm. called Fair Play Minnesota. Or, uh, oh, boy. It's called Fair Play. I'm sorry if I don't know the name exactly right. Again, I'm not super involved in that community anymore. Yeah. But it's a really, really, really exciting creative community. And I know that there are a lot of um, progressive folks in that community who are trying to make more space for women, both cis women and trans women, and for non-binary folks and, and trans people and anyone who's like femme identified. So that wasn't really there when I was in that community. And I think the people that I worked with tried really hard to make that space more accessible. Uh, yeah. But I, maybe that's something that a lot of fat people can identify with as well. That idea of like being one of the only people in the room who has your lived experience in your body. And so no matter how welcoming or accepting or friendly a space is sometimes it can still be really hard to exist in that space and do your best work because you don't really you know that you know that on some level you're the only one who has those life experiences you know so yeah, thanks for sharing it that way. That oh, makes, yeah, but yeah, I think that will make a lot of sense. Does to that make sense? That I makes hope sense so. to me. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's a that's a thing. But that's where um, that's why you're so funny. That's why I try to be funny mm-hmm. uh, all the time, whenever possible. That's why I, I'm always quote unquote on oh. <laughs> is because <laughs> of of uh, habits of of practiced habits of, yeah. of of being a performer and also, but I think I I came into that naturally because I've always really had a need for for things to be funny when possible Mm -hmm. I think that that's probably something that people who you know early in life feel insecure or feel unseen like that's that's probably a shared understanding with a lot of folks I know for me humor is a way to deconstruct things and maybe own them a little bit and feel feel a little safer and more in control because I can analyze something and turn it around and 
um, articulate my view of a situation in a way that entertains people and connects with them. So it's a way of getting people on my side yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, it's essentially a form of mind control, I think is what I just <laughs> described. I don't know that that's how, that's how jokes work, but I, let's call it a way to connect. Let's say that instead. I, I like say that. I felt like I just went to school and I really enjoyed it. So what? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So what kind of media are you consuming lately? Do you have any recommendations for good stuff? <laughs> well, as, as someone who, who is uh, knee-deep in grad school, uh, oh, yeah, you are. I consume far less media than I've ever consumed in my entire life, and it's tearing me apart inside. <laughs> and but I've, so I, It's really targeted when I have time to consume media. I'm like, oh, get it in. Get it in my brain. Get it in my ears. Let's make this happen. So it's really, like, it's really pared down right now. I started listening. I've, I've been listening to more podcasts. Oh, cool. Cool. I call them my car TV because <laughs> I can listen to them while I'm driving to work yeah. in St. Paul. So I've been listening to uh, I've been listening to this podcast called The Adventure Zone that that oh, I was up? just whoa, listening whoa. on the way here. Oh, I'm not even lying. TV. Yeah, car TV. How, fa- what, how far are you? What, I, I, what arc are you oh, listening gosh, to? The first arc. Oh, like the like the balance. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. got the battle wagons happening. right oh, now. Oh my goodness. Oh, to Sorry. be oh to be at back at whoa. that point. Okay, so The Adventure Zone is this <laughs> podcast. Beautiful. It's this narrative episodic podcast. It's set in this fantasy world. So you have to not be like wizard averse. You have to be like cool (laughs) with wizardry. Um, It's incredibly funny. It's so funny. And the... (laughs) The um, there's all this like queer and trans representation in it. Awesome. One of the really cool things about it too is that it's this long running arc. Uh, I mean, they, I think just recently they just started with a new set of characters, sort of a whole new kind of story. But the original story is, you know, it's really long and in depth and beautiful. And they've made a point to tell all their fans that there isn't really a canon visual representation of any of the characters. There isn't a quote unquote right way for them to look. So any fan art that anyone creates is right. And That's they, really cool. they talk about that all the time. So like, and one of the brothers, it, I don't know if he's like fat identified or I don't know how he feels about, about like the politics of size or whatever, but he's has a larger body. I'm mm-hmm. going to say, I don't know. Like, I don't want to hurt his feelings because I really respect him as an artist and I don't know if he's cool with fat or not. But, um, but I just really click with like his humor as someone who has, and it's just, the attitude is like so lovely. I can't recommend the adventure zone highly enough and then the only other thing i consume right now is sumo wrestling <laughs> you love sumo wrestling. you love oh everything God. about it and sumo culture sumo i am fashion. a huge like i try not to be like this like white american person who's like obsessed with a part of japanese culture like no i mean like go for it if that's your deal like rock on but i'm kind of self-conscious about it but mm. my my partner loves japanese public television oh, they love wow. american public television and then like Japanese public television is like next level, like sort of like beautifully boring and dorky. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like PBS, but like more, like exponentially more. But Japanese public TV is where uh, the sumo tournament airs, and I'm like, so oh, into it. my heart sings. If you want to like really blow your own mind as a fat person and see some like representation of fat bodies, and I mean a lot. There's a lot of ass in sumo, like naked butts everywhere because they just wear this mawashi, this like little oh, yeah. wrap like bottom thing. Like it's just fat bodies everywhere and they're just talked about in this glorious way. They're just like these two magnificent contenders are locking horns. Oh, look at them slam together, so powerful. And it's just like mm, they just cool. never have a bad thing to say about these like incredibly powerful fat guys who are just just fighting each other so much like I just worry 
Mm. Are they okay? Probably not. They're getting injured, but it's for my entertainment. <laughs> anyway, you can you can watch Sumo on YouTube. It is such my jam. I did like a 20 minute PowerPoint presentation on, on yes. Sumo at, yes. this, at this work event last year. And all my coworkers were like, oh my God, <laughs> how do you know this much about this sport? You're a huge nerd. And also this is actually pretty interesting. And I was like, yes, then my work here is done. That was great. <laughs> so every episode we ask people mm-hmm. a few questions about Minnesota. Okay. So all we right. want to ask you, are you team Paul Bunyan or team Jolly Green Giant? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is a really hard question. I know I have to choose between two giant men, um, one of whom is a neither sumo I'm corporate. <laughs> neither of them is a sumo wrestler, so I honestly have no frame of reference. <laughs> this is like a okay. I, I really love plants, but but the Jolly Green Giant is is uh, is a corporate. He's a he's a mm-hmm. corporate stooge. <laughs> that's like it's an uncharitable way. I don't even think he was like the statue thing was like some guy, right? It wasn't even the company. <laughs> Paul Bunyan is just like this 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 white cis man who's responsible for deforesting also so much of North America. Accurate. But he's also kind of has like this gay icon kind of like flannel ah. feel. And uh, I, I'm gonna go with Paul Bunyan. Cool. I, I'm gonna go with Paul Bunyan because I like a plaid shirt. <laughs> I think that's great rationale. Thank you Very for traveling average. traveling that road with me. Yeah. <laughs> we went there. Yeah. What creative things do you think we're doing well in the Twin Cities? Or like who's really who's really doing it? I mean, I'm sure you've talked about Lizzo before on this show, right? I mean, Lizzo, and Lizzo. I mean, Lizzo's Savior. originally from. Is it? She's from. Houston. I think Houston, Houston yeah. right? Yeah. So, but, but like, she came up here. You know, yeah, she chose us. <laughs> yes, yes. Our patron saint of fat fly womanhood is she just, Lizzo. Her work is just really a huge deal. It's I just, agree. It's just a really huge deal. I really love her. Yeah, and then I like already talked about like well mostly like my experiences in in the in the twin cities improv community but mm-hmm. i do think like i'm really proud of like the the of living in a city where there's that much of a theater community and specifically one that like has some uh some progressive action being taken by uh, some folks in the community around yeah. like identity-based oppression and i think that's really exciting you know I, I i've been to a lot of other cities and like sort of just dipped my toe into other improv communities mm-hmm. and i really like what i see here cool that's awesome i have kind of a follow-up question to that too because you've shared so many wonderful things and aspects about the activism that you do and Mm -hmm. how they were started from really specific moments but it's all almost come full circle like you're working at um you know in the medical field right now kind of supporting people and creating a space that's accepting and Mm -hmm. and wonderful sounds amazing yeah and then (laughs) and then also just like in improv and like finding your identity and, and using that as a space so i guess what tips would you give to somebody who's maybe coming to some realizations right now about how to activate on that or even like the super swap is a great example of that like yeah yeah so like what would be some starting points to like you know jump off of that and do some work boy oh boy I mean I all I know is what all I know is what worked for me and what helped me and I think in a lot of situations it had to do with connecting with friends who had shared life experience and finding spaces, like spending my time and my energy in spaces where I was wanted mm-hmm. and needed, you know? So I think it's important to like look look at the room you're in, you know, like the figuratively speaking, like look at look at the room that you're in 
and figure out how you relate to the other people. Is there someone else there who has the same needs as you or is having the same struggles as you? And and maybe the two of you can connect and collaborate on something. Or even if you can't collaborate on some big project, you might not have energy for that. Like, that is real. That's That's a lot of times how it can feel yeah. if you're dealing with any kind of identity based or like body body based oppression it's like i have energy to cry about this and take a break from it and sleep and come back tomorrow mm-hmm. but maybe you can just connect with someone and talk with them and like share your i mean like it was a long time angela and i when we were talking about starting the big fat super swap like we talked about it for a while mm-hmm. and a lot of our original talks were just like you know what sucks this mm-hmm. and having someone who not only could hear what I was saying but understand what I was talking about and then like echo it back and bounce it back with me and like we were able to build that understanding mm-hmm. that's what I have always found the most like energizing and catalyzing I mean I've had experiences by myself that really hurt where I was like oh I have to do something about this mm-hmm. yeah. but you can't always count on like whatever like rage fire <laughs> is in you <laughs> like I often count on that this is probably not great it's probably not <laughs> the super best for me mm-hmm. sustainable you know like just in terms of sustainability yeah so it's nice to have that other <laughs> that other um option yeah. of of connecting with other people and if you, you know sometimes i've looked around myself and been like i am the only one here who knows what is going on right now and then you know maybe it's time to assess mm-hmm. and and step out of that space and see if there's another one try something else out you know or i don't know that's it's that's some pretty great is that good yeah. i think that's really that, did i do good you did good is that a Here's good a gold star is, is that you. a good advice <laughs> i think it is because like you said it's overwhelming yeah. it's not like you have mm-hmm. to activate on every injustice that you see there'd be no way that we could get through you know a day let alone 2018 at this point if that was the case yeah right but finding your support network that yeah. group chat like whatever that looks like to feel validated and heard so that you can maybe build up to whatever that looks like in the future. Yeah, it's hard because sometimes we have to create those spaces ourselves and that takes even more energy. So if you have a friend to help you share the load, sometimes that can help. Thank goodness for the flippant internet, right? Oh, yeah. Because like how on earth, I, I just hope that people can use that to connect. I know that I use like, like, thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. What? Yeah. For like for <laughs> the unintended for, outcomes. Right. Yeah. For like helping a bunch of people with marginalized identities. And, find each other. Like find each other and, and collaborate on stuff. Mm-hmm. I rely on that a lot. I hope other people do too. Same. Yeah, certainly. This was so great. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Andy, for telling your story as a, a matter, matter of, of fat. Yes, Andy is just so cool. It was great to hear about the beginnings, the origin story of the Big Fat Super Swap, especially since it's coming up this weekend, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. And, okay, I want to mention that, again, so Andy and Angela passed on the Big Fat Super Swap to me in the shop, um, but it's already grown. And specifically, there are some really hardworking people volunteering to make this happen. Like, it's grown already. I feel like it's too big for me to even manage. It it is, for sure, too big for me to manage alone. And I want to especially shout out Haley Nelson and Hannah Clark for holding it down. Yay. Truly, they're like the brains and a big part of the brawn behind the swap now. couldn't do it without them. They're such lovely folks. Um, these two angels are amazing, and I'm looking forward to the swap this year and all the years to come. Yes. I'm also looking forward to the swap, and I'm looking forward to chatting about today's topic in our next segment, Dirt, Dirt and, and Discourse. Discourse. 
If you've been following along, you know that the dirt and discourse portion of our show is where we tease out both the excitement and the discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings. I feel like this week it's an emphasis on discomfort. Mm-hmm. Diets are everywhere. See? Discomfort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everyone is trying something new. You hear people talking about paleo, Whole30, mm-hmm, keto. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, these the get recycled. Um, so things like that are old. A coworker of mine showed me this snapshot um, on social media the other day, and it was a diet plan from the 70s from Vogue in the 1970s. You ready I for this? I can only imagine. We're starting this tomorrow, Kat. Um, <laughs> for breakfast, you have two eggs poached or hard boiled you've got lots of options there i do love eggs though um and then to go with that coffee doesn't say how much coffee as much coffee as you can take it's morning we got to get going um and then additionally you get a glass of white wine for breakfast for breakfast preferably chablis (laughs) all right so we've got our morning down so don't worry they kept it really simple for us because i know meal prep is a big thing too so like for lunch it's going to be two hard-boiled eggs no poaching this time um you get coffee as much as you want again and don't worry you get your second glass of white wine (laughs) for the day thank you vogue and then for dinner guess what eggs Stay. Okay. Treat yourself, girl. <laughs> Don't worry, though. You still get your coffee and one glass of white wine. Only one? Well, three total for the day. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, depending on how big your glass is. I guess <laughs> that's it, though. That's the that's diet plan. That's wild. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think, yeah, it sort of goes to show, like, whether it's today or the 1970s, diets are just kind of dressed up and changed, whatever suits the culture or what's going on. At present. And what's going on now is Weight Watchers rebranding to WW or Wellness at Work. Lots of rebranding happening. Dunkin' Donuts is now oh, Dunkin'. Yeah. I feel like WW is a little bit more insidious, Ugh, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know that Weight Watchers is a big part of the cultural zeitgeist. I mean, Jessica mentioned it in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Andy mentioned it yeah. now. I've done Weight Watchers a few years ago. I tried the app, and it was kind of an underwhelming experience overall. At first, I was really excited. There was, like, a lot of structure to it. It could incorporate it how I wanted to. Um, But then it didn't work, and it it lost the glimmer of excitement. So when you start Mm -hmm. using it, you're like, okay, if I put enough money into this, I'm buying a new reality. And that's just not the experience that um, comes out of it for a lot of people or sustainably stays there. And like Weight Watchers has been capturing the imagination of Midwesterners and Americans since the 60s. Not only is it selling a structure and recipe and quote unquote recipe for success, it's also selling an identity. Like, who are you when you buy into this or that you use all all your time to like focus on this? You're buying that identity. And I'm just curious about what that identity is when um it's rebranded like this like what is it selling what exactly are so many people buying into figure figuratively and literally with this wellness rebrand yeah following that money yeah and i mean this idea of wellness like if wellness was actually important to them why not drop their emphasis on weight loss altogether because newsflash diets don't work and also like how clever of you weight watchers that's how you like, mm-hmm. in terms of following the money many Great. years if of we know this plans. doesn't work <laughs> awesome bringing people back but truly like more and more scientific evidence is being shared about how one dieting doesn't work in the long term something like 95 percent of people gain weight back after they lose weight and two yo-yo dieting or weight cycling so like this cycle of losing and regaining Mm -mm. weight that in and of itself is actually really bad bad. for your health Mm -hmm. yeah 
So I don't know, like, if their version of wellness continues to push and celebrate weight loss, it doesn't seem like sustained wellness is a priority for them. Mm-hmm. I it also, I feel like it further compl- conflates the idea that health and wellness are one, excuse me, that health and weight loss mm-hmm. or health and weight are one in the same. Like, I mean... Which is a whole nother thing, right? Like it's a whole nother dirt and discourse. A whole nother dirt and discourse. We will cite every fitness magazine cover, <laughs> <laughs> but um, fat people can be healthy, and fat people aren't just fat because we eat more than people who aren't fat. Like it's not about those points, man. It's not a point of those points. And like, are you rebranding the business? Uh, like, sorry, Mister Over. It's not about those points. Also, you are rebranding the business, but how does this get implemented at all levels of the organization? Exactly. Now, granted, a lot of it is about having choices. So you can use the app. You can use Freestyle. Now you can use Headspace and do meditation. But, you know, what about the folks leading those groups who have been there for a long time that found success in the old model? You know, what what does that look like for them to be able to share these new tips and tricks and ways Mm. and methodologies it just doesn't seem like the rebranding is going to be top down and furthermore you know why is this rebranding happening in the first place yeah it's not to say that this isn't a useful tool for people like I think first and foremost I want people to have the autonomy to do what they want how they want I think that's really important it's a big part of fat liberation is saying that I'm a person who can make choices and my weight or size is not a moral obligation to anybody else um, we're just hella wary of diet culture. Yeah. And coupling white wine and coffee and eggs three times a day. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for our fifth full episode. It was so great to catch up with each other and local happenings in the fat dish to hear from Andy Kuhlman about fat fashion, the big fat super swap advocacy and sumo. Sumo. I love public television and I'm so glad to learn about Japanese public television. We were also psyched to talk about WW and the business savvy that is wellness commodification. Outside of that, we'd like to thank KFAI for providing a beautiful studio space. Um, And while KFAI's pledge drive is all wrapped up by the time you hear this, please know that you can always donate to preserve and support local, truly community radio. You can donate from the website where you might be listening to this right now. Fancy that. Just a click away. Commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Allison and Design and Create, who built our beautiful logo. And Kyle Wurstein, who composed and created our theme music. And we appreciate you for listening. Catch us in two weeks for another episode of Matter of Fat. Matter of fact.